0: Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint with me today, Jay Harvey. Yes, good to be with you again, Jim. Jay, always glad to be with you. And you know what? The sunshine is streaming Mm -hmm. in through the glass. I see some blue sky out through the window. But as I'm looking out the window, Mm -hmm. there is the famous green logo of Starbucks because we're inside of Starbucks. Yes. Now, I know you're no stranger to Starbucks. No, I am not. When you walk into a Starbucks store, you walk up to the counter and... You tell them what you want. What do you want? Right.
1: I I tell them I want a grande, dark roast with a little bit of room for cream and a slice of pumpkin loaf. It's like every time I come in, that's it. You know just exactly what you want. That's right. And they deliver. And they do.
0: Yep. Yeah. Well, you know what? I don't even drink coffee, but I love Starbucks, and here's why. They have dark chocolate covered graham crackers now most people are not aware of this yeah i was not they're, they're they're in little pockets sometimes they're up by the cashier sometimes they're in a separate rack but they are dark chocolate now they have milk chocolate not so good the dark though and the texture that dark chocolate so thick over that graham cracker and the texture of the chocolate and the graham cracker so wow. fine you know texture matters and then yeah the chocolate is so thick that when you bite through it and you take the thing away from your mouth, you can see your teeth marks through the chocolate. Now, wow. I'm talking, Jay, yeah, this I'm, this is a high for me. Yeah. So I'm, I'm telling you, when I walk up to the counter, I tell them what I want. I want dark chocolate-covered grams. Wow. And they deliver. Yeah, because I'm, you told them what you wanted. Most of the time they deliver. Sometimes they don't have it in stock or they haven't put it out yet. But I'm just telling you, yeah. you start off by saying, this is what I want. Mm -hmm. Now, there's another cool thing about Starbucks, and that is it's kind of a meeting place, isn't it? Yes, it is. Not only can they deliver what I order, Mm -hmm. but it's a place where I just meet up. People like, hey, I'm meeting up with you. That's right. And, you know, it's not that I don't want you to come to my house. Right. It's just that hey, I don't have to clean up my bedroom or
1: my kitchen for you to drop by. Yeah, we all need that third place, right? That, that place where it's not home, where we love our homes, uh, but there's always something that can be done. Uh, it's not our jobs where there's always somebody that you know we need to be talking with or things that we need to accomplish and do. It's just that place where we can go, tell them what we want, we get it, we can sit and enjoy people watching, maybe having a couple of conversations with someone and just relax and be inspired.
0: I might make an appointment to meet somebody at Starbucks. Exactly. Or I might just run into somebody there that I know, and sometimes I even have conversations with people I've never met before, but it's kind of that public space, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it is. It might be the only place you go to during the day when you walk up that somebody smiles at you. I mean, they know how to kind of take care of you here, and I love that about Starbucks. Well, and of course, Starbucks has
0: uh, spawned a whole, you know, legion of, of other coffee shops and things with the same idea, But the concept of a meeting place where we can go, meet other people, where we can think and talk and not bear the responsibility of a chore just in the moment is really powerful. And it strikes me that sometimes in my life I've thought, you know, if I want to meet God or if I want to figure out life, if I want to ask questions about life, if I want to just think, man, do I have to go to that cathedral-like building? Do I have to find a steeple somewhere? Do I have to have some stained glass? Or is it possible that out in ordinary life, I could also
1: meet God. What do you think? I think that we have to come to this truth that God is not in the building. He's where we go to worship together but he's often found in the marketplace. He's often found in the everyday things of life where people gather. Why? Because he loves people. He, he loves and wants to redeem people. So we've got to quit compartmentalizing life and, and realize that some of our best encounters with Christ and God are in a place, well, metaphorically, like Starbucks, the town square.
0: We have to stop what's called the secular and sacred divide. As exactly. if there are some places sacred and other places secular. No, every place has the capacity to be holy, yes. has the capacity to be life-giving, has the capacity to be a place where we meet up with none other than God himself. Hey, we're going to talk about that today on Viewpoint as we're in a Starbucks. Stay with us. So, Jay, when yes. you think about Jesus, mm-hmm who is the exact representation of God. I mean, the Scripture tells us that when you see Jesus, you see the Father, that he is God in human form, or as the Apostle John told us famously, he was the Word, the Word, the idea, the ideas of God who became flesh, came in human form and dwelled among us. All right. When you think about this Jesus guy and that he's actually the face of God, Mm -hmm. and you think about him walking in this world in the flesh as he did 20 centuries ago, Where do you think most of his ministry took place i mean the famous teaching the stories the the parables the things that
1: are iconic in our memory where was that delivered where did it come out well i would assume that they were done in the temple or the church but something is telling me that that's not true And you're about to correct me on that.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm not setting you up. Okay. But I think you you reflected what most people would just kind of assume. Well, he probably went to the famous temple on the Temple Mount, and boy, that's where all this great teaching was delivered. And he did teach there in the courtyards. We get that. But it was actually a small proportion of his ministry. Uh, We think about the Sermon on the Mount, but you know what the Sermon on the Mount is? It's about on the mountainside. It's outside (laughs) under the blue sky where crowds had gathered. We know that Jesus was like on a boat because crowds were on the seashore, and so he got in a little boat and pulled out from the shore so he could talk to the people who were just gathered. It was not a house of worship. Yes, he went to the synagogue, which was the house of worship of his time in his culture, and yes, we have some teaching from there, but honestly, again, small proportion of what he actually did. 132 public appearances of Jesus on roads, in the marketplace. Wow. Uh, meeting people where they are. Wow. Most of what we know about Jesus, the miracles of Jesus, take place not in a house of worship. Some did, but outside, where people were just about their ordinary business. Last week, Jay, you and I talked about Jesus at the well right. in Samaria, where he is just on a trip and he gets tired and he stops at the local watering hole. And there he meets up with a woman. And in that conversation, her world has changed. It's not in the house of worship. It's not on the Sabbath day. It's just ordinary life where Jesus is changing lives, bringing life today. Similarly, let's think a little bit about Jesus and how he rolled. Yeah. Because I want to roll that way. Yeah. And I want to know that I don't have to wait till next Sunday to figure things out. Please hear me. I think it's really important for us to, on one day out of seven, set one apart, as God ordained at the beginning of time, there are seven days in a week, take one and make it different from the rest, gather with other people on that day who are seeking God, who are worshiping God, and so on. But that is not the sum or even the greatest part of our journey through this world. It's the other six days, it's when we're out and about that we can also seek God, learn about God, and find life. So, that said, Mm. you know, there's a story in John chapter five, Jay, that talks about Jesus in a very public space. Read a few verses from John chapter five about this famous intersection at a place called the Pool of Bethesda And then let's think about how that translates into our modern world.
1: Be glad to. Yeah, John chapter 5. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, Would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. Wow.
0: When we come back, we want to talk about Jesus out in the marketplace. Jesus, you might say, at a Starbucks of his time, right there at the Pool of Bethesda, And I want you to know that we're always glad to hear from you. And we have a toll-free number that goes 24 hours a day, seven days a week, with a live voice of our ministry team. And I'll give you this number again at the end of our broadcast. But for now, just write this down, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. You've got a question. You've got a prayer request. You have a thought you want to share. We want to hear from you. We'll be right back.
2: Either you turned into wine You open the eyes of the blind There's no one like you Not like you Into the darkness you shine And out of the ashes we rise There's no one like you None like you Our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, our soul power.
0: Pool of Bethesda. Jay, you just read about it from John chapter 5. Did you know that nobody knew archaeologically where that was? In fact, many people thought it was a myth until the 19th century. So for the first 1,800 years of the Christian world, people thought, critics thought, skeptics thought, hey, that whole Pool of Bethesda story is just made up. Because there was no archaeology that could demonstrate where it was. The place name had been lost in time. And so the whole narrative was suspect and became a kind of flag that people waved to say, you know, that whole New Testament gig, it's not really real. People must have written this a long time after the events happened. They kind of added stories. They made up details. It's not really the real deal. But in the 19th century archaeologists discovered the Pool of Bethesda. Mm. It's actually in the shadow of a building that the Crusaders built called St. Anne's Church, restored by the French in the 19th century. Wow. And it's there today. You can go see it in Jerusalem. And the Bible tells us it was just outside the Sheep Gate near the temple. Wow. These are markers that tell us just where it was, and that's where it is today. You can see it right by the Temple Mount on the north side in Jerusalem today. Yeah. What's important about that in our story, though, is this intersection of public life was in the shadow of the most grand house of worship the world at the time had known. It'd be like going to the plaza outside of Notre Dame in Paris, or maybe the beautiful intersection of streets and the kind of the cobblestone that's out front of St. Paul's Cathedral in London. I mean, these are huge works of architecture and art, spectacular, sacred ground by most people's measure, but the miracle didn't take place inside. It wasn't inside St. Paul's. It wasn't inside the cathedral at Notre Dame. It was out there where people were just out walking around. And these pools provided water for the temple because in those days, as today, you have to have some water, keep the thing clean, have water from which to drink, and so on and so forth. So in this intersection, all kinds of people would gather. Do you ever drive around, Jay, and you find places where people are traveling? Let's say where we live in central Indiana, there's a a very upscale shopping area called the Keystone at the Crossing. Right. It's a fashion mall. Right. There's a Nordstrom store. There's a Saks Fifth Avenue. There's a Crate and Barrel. There's a Starbucks. (laughs) There's a Starbucks. Hey, there's a Seize Candy there. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so there's all kinds of stores there. And when you get off the exit that leads you right into the shopping area, you ever notice that every time you go there, what do you find? at that exit when you're at the stoplight?
1: Usually someone standing with a sign with some need that they've tried to write and uh, they're trying to catch the people as before the light turns green to maybe throw them a buck or two. Absolutely, there's always someone there
0: right. who seems to be in distress. Right. Why do you think they're there? Why, why there? Why not, why not in the corner of the Starbucks where we are right here?
1: Well, they know that uh, most of the people in that area are gonna be heading towards that thriving uh, area of their town where all the life is, where all the stores are, and that they probably have money.
0: There's traffic, people are there, it's a destination, and people with means, uh, all kinds of people go by there. Uh, Not so much on every other corner. And I think that's what the Pool of Bethesda was. Mm -hmm. (laughs) See, it's on the way to the temple. It's on the way to Notre Dame. It's on the way to St. Paul's. It's on the way to this grandiose place that people from all walks of life. And so you've got all
1: walks of life there, but when Jesus
0: is walking by, who does he notice? Yeah, he notices
1: the one that, is in need and has been ill for 38 years.
0: And why is that guy hanging out there? The scripture tells us that he thinks that if he can get in the water, there's a, a kind of understanding that this particular pool can be a place of healing and, and there's some kind of superstition by some people's measure. There's some kind of signal that when the water stirs, that the first person who gets in the water has some kind of healing property.
1: Right. And so, in some ways, he's, he's get, trying to get as close as he can to the sacred, but he's still in an area that's kind of outside of that marker with other people that are like him. And, and, but, but that's just where they were. They, they thought, we have no place else to go, so this, we're going to get as close as we can. We're going to try to do what we can, but, but it hadn't worked for 38 years, and that's where Jesus finds him. But he's outside of the sacred place. And he thinks it's his best chance. Right. I mean, th- right. this is all I've got yep. is to get here.
0: You know, okay, so we're in Starbucks. I- I'm, I'm drawing an analog here because I think that that pool of Bethesda yeah. is in some ways like the Starbucks outside of sacred space, where ordinary people come who may not think for one reason or another that inside the big house of worship, they're going to be welcome, or maybe they can't get there, or they don't have enough money to go there, or they can't dress up to get inside, or whatever their, whatever their perceptions are. They're not there, they're outside. And in Starbucks, I tend to see a lot of people and sometimes they're finely dressed, they're all together and I'm thinking, wow, that guy has got together. That gal, she, she's sharp. But the truth is, if you open your eyes, nobody's got it all together and right. nobody is that sharp and there are a lot of people who obviously are, are just hanging around. Now some people would say Starbucks is kind of an upscale venue too, that I don't have any money to go there and there are many people in our society that would say I never go to Starbucks but maybe they're outside the Walmart right or i exactly. mean there's somewhere where people are going and gathering and what strikes me is that's the place where Jesus that's exactly is. right right that's where he's hanging out that's where he's walking by and when he's walking through this public space who does he notice the guy who's the most distressed exactly the one who seems like his life is is in difficulty i have to learn that i need to acknowledge my own distress in other words stop pretending jim that you've got it all together because when i walk through public spaces i don't want people to notice me because i look distressed at the same time i need to pay attention to people not who might be film stars right who look good on the outside but the people who are there who have a story okay so jay here we are in Starbucks, yes. right in a corner. How many people do you think are in the in the house right now?
1: Oh, probably 30. Maybe a little less, maybe yeah. a little
0: bit more, but people I mean, are coming in and out the door like crazy. And you know, there, there's five people behind the counter.
1: Yeah, right, exactly.
0: And there's a big drive-through here, it's, I mean, yes. it's a hopping place. And inside, yeah, there's probably 30 people here. Okay, so, I mean, just look at them. What do we got? We got some men.
1: Yes, we have got some, some women. We got some gray hairs. We'll got some young some people. Gray hairs, some young professionals. I wasn't talking about you, Jay, the okay. gray hair. Okay, thank you. I'm glad about that. Because <laughs> right. you're just a young guy. Okay, right. but uh,
0: everybody's got a story, don't they? Yeah. I mean, think about the stories that are right here, right now. Yeah. Some people are by themselves, and some are talking. Some are looking at their laptops. Right. Some have their tablets out. Some are just staring. And I'm, looking over, and I'm
1: looking over at, the, at the, uh, the bulletin board, so to speak, too. So other people know that this is a place where so many different people come. So they put up their advertisements of what they're doing in other parts of the village, uh, of the town square. So that when you're over there putting sugar in your coffee or cream, you get a chance to look at uh, what else is going on in, in the surrounding area. So it is a hub and it's very diverse.
0: And why do you think people came here? What do they want? Well, well we that's started the our question, question. Right, right. Everyone who's in here wanted something to eat or drink. Right. That's right. That's the, the tip of the iceberg. Right. But what do they really want? What do I really want? That's the question of Jesus at the Pool of Bethesda, the Starbucks of his town. What do you want, guy? Yeah. <laughs> you might say, well, it's so obvious. He's, he's yeah. paralyzed. Right. Well, it's not always obvious. Right. And I heard someone tell me not so long ago that this question is the beginning of all spiritual life. Yeah. What do I want? <laughs> Sometimes I'm thinking, well, no, that's not, that's not how I find God. What right. do I want? Because what I, if I want to find God, I need to just say, well, I really want God, or right. I want to be holy, or I want to be better, or I want to be good. That's what people think. But yeah. honestly, you can't get to God until you get down to the very bottom of your soul. Right. What do you want? Right what I want may not seem to me to be holy just now. Because if I was really nakedly honest, what I want may not conform to the person I think Jesus wants me to right. be. But if I am not honest and say this is what I want, Jesus can't deal with me. How, yeah. how can he deal with me if I'm not honest at the front end?
1: Yeah, and the Scripture tells us in this story that Jesus knew he'd been sick. He, he, he knew everything about him, uh, yet he still asked him. Because there's something about uh, verbalizing what we want so that it invites Jesus in to to really meet that need. But for some of us, if there has to be a couple other steps in between, Jesus is merciful enough and loving enough to take us through those steps as well. It might not be as simple as just saying, well, I want to be healed, and then boom, you're healed. It might be, well, you know, what I want, God, is peace. Ah, you want peace. Well then, let's take a look at your life right now to see what is causing you to not have peace. Because in the end, we all know Jesus is our peace, and and we're to let that peace rule our hearts. But we still have to name what we want. And when we do that, even though it's scary, it does set us free in a way to allow him to start that process of leading us to a whole life. So uh, we have to name it. That's the original name it and claim it, I think. (laughs) Well,
0: well, Jesus may not give us what we want, but it's the starting place of helping our wants to become more and better so i want chocolate yeah i want money Mm -hmm. i want fame i want fortune i want to look like a film star i want i mean these are all kinds of of wants that many of us have deep down our being but we're ashamed to name them right when in fact jesus wants to start there and say well you're not even sure what that means right you know when you start at that point then he's able to work with us and so in the case at the pool of bethesda Outside the house of worship, Jesus is there where the people are. He notices the guy who's in the most distress. He just asks him straight up, what do you want? He then works with him and allows him to walk. But later in the story, in the verses we didn't read that go on in the chapter, he'll talk to him about, you know what, be glad about this, but be careful you don't sin. Because because it's the starting place. And now he's going to deeper levels, interacting with Jesus, learning about what it means to be the man God created him to be. Yes. this is the work of Jesus and I think as we sit yeah. in a Starbucks and I imagine Jesus in the world today and he is in the world today I think he's a living presence mm. I need to be the guy who's hanging with Jesus going to places and looking for people and interacting and caring for people and praying for them I don't feel prompted just now to walk up to any of the people in this store and say what do you want that right. I don't know Right. but I am able to pray for them Absolutely, And maybe someone's gonna come and sit by me, maybe a conversation will start. At the same way, I need myself to be open and honest. What if God brings someone into the store who has some questions for me? How do I allow myself to be intersected with Jesus? Not be the guy who's just giving, but the guy who's receiving. I mean, all of this is a part of life. And what we're appealing to our audience to understand today is you don't have to wait till this Sunday to figure this out. Right. You don't have to wait until you get into a church building to meet God. Your life today can be in the presence of God. And I'm absolutely convinced, if you will join us in a prayer just now, that God is going to hear this prayer and honor it. Do you really know what you want? Are you willing to be honest with yourself and with God? And Are you looking for something more than what you have? Maybe you feel distressed. Maybe you feel discouraged. Maybe you feel broken. Maybe you feel ashamed. Maybe you feel guilty. Maybe you feel like you have dreams that will never be realized and you're experiencing loss. Maybe you have some loss because your family's unwinding or your job is on the line. All of us have challenges. Whatever it is. Join us in this prayer and know that God can meet you where you are, at the Pool of Bethesda, at Starbucks, in the Walmart parking lot. Mm. How so? Join us in this prayer and see what happens. Here's how it goes. Right now we're going to pray. Our Father, we're thankful that you know us by name. You know exactly who we are and where we are. And you also love us, Lord, more than we can know. Even if we don't know you, you know us. And you know everything about us. You know where we've been where we are and where we might go. And Lord, you have loved us in all of those places. And today I ask for everyone who's joining us in this prayer, for everyone who's like the guy by the Pool of Bethesda, for everyone who's like Jay and like me, who's thirsting for more. Help us to know what we want, Lord, and to be honest about it. And then, Lord, help us to see you meeting us I pray that in the next seven days, between the moment of this prayer and seven days from now, you will cause someone who bears your image and your spirit in the name of Jesus to intersect with us somewhere and help us to know this prayer is being heard and answered and that you are calling us to new life, better life, whole life. Mm. I believe, Lord, that this prayer has power. Yes. And I pray that you will honor everyone who joins us in this prayer just now. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, you're saying, that can't work. <laughs> no, no, I promise you, it can't work. Oh, yes. And if you're, if you're meeting business with God, you're gonna go to Starbucks, you're gonna go to Walmart, you're gonna go somewhere, and God is going to meet you there. Just, you open your eyes and your heart to see, but you're still skeptical. You have a prayer request, you have a concern, you've got a question, you have a comment. Call us up. Dial this number, toll-free, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. We're by the phone. This is the number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We're by the phone. We want to hear from you. But, Jay, I know there's some people are thinking, well, I'm not sure I'm ready to get on the phone and talk to a live person right. yet.
1: What can they do online? They can go online and uh, go to www.cbhviewpoint.org. CBH,
0: Christians Broadcasting Hope. That's who we are. Viewpoint is the name of our program. CBHviewpoint.org You can read about the ministry there. You can also send us an email. We will type back a reply, I promise. Or at the last, just send me a letter. Get out a piece of paper, type it up, and put it in the mailbox. Address it to Jim Lyon Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420 Anderson, Indiana 46018 USA. But whether you call us up, check us out online, or use the post, don't hesitate. Please
1: let us hear from you this week. All right, Jay. Yes. So good to be with you always. I learned so much today. Jesus is in the marketplace, and he's always asking me what I want. And wow, that is an encouragement. Thank you, Jim. And you know what? He's right here at
0: Starbucks too. That's right. Thanks for being with us, Jay, always. And we thank you for tuning in, and we hope you'll join us again next week as we help you see your world from heaven's view. For all of us at the Viewpoint Ministry team, and for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.